Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hughes Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. So we're back. We haven't we haven't done this in a while. We yeah. took, a little, took a little vacation. Yeah, it was nice. What you what you what you do on your little vacation there? Oh well, I had a birthday. Yay! I celebrated the fifteenth anniversary of my twenty first birthday. Okay, that's weird, but go on. Um, and we played the pin the mohawk on my head. That was very cool. Did we we put that on the you put that on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was deserving. And I got engaged, and then I also pet some wolves, and I fed the wolves and Um, the baby deer. Wait, 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 beep, beep. Beep, it was beep. in Wisconsin. Beep before the before the the wolves. The wolves. Well, there was a thing you said. The mohawk. I, no, I think it was after the mohawk. Oh. What was that thing? I got engaged. I got engaged. <laughs> oh my gosh! Look at that rock. Yeah, that's a rock of ages. It's pretty. Rock me, Amadeus. <laughs> That's what that is. It's really awkward when I try to wash my hands because it's like yeah, like, you can't do you can't do like the COVID thing we learned how to do anymore because going. Between I just the take fingers, it off and then put it, it back on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's like the filthiest ring in the world. But yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. But yay! And who are you marrying? Uh, the penguinologist. Excellent. Yeah. We've been crediting him all this time, and he's finally earned the right to become. <laughs> Mr. Penguinologist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Great. you'll become Mrs. Penguinologist. It's I just, will. It's so lovely. Yeah. So Yay. now I'm a Corona bride. Yay. Apparently that you told me that was a thing. That's a thing. Along with uh, phrases like mini monies and... <laughs> I'm ma- not going to get behind that one. And, and micro weddings. Okay. And uh, Micro wedding sounds right to me. Because it sounds like microfinance. And I'm just like, yeah, of course. Micro wedding. <laughs> This was fiscally responsible. Yeah, yeah, so this, and all the brides that were going to get married this year are all getting married next year. Right, and so taking your slot. now I'm like, okay, what, I've <sighs> been engaged for all of two weeks, and now I have to figure out everything now. Yeah, <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. That's super fun. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, gives you something to do. That's that's true, I guess. <laughs> um, like, I was really bored before. Yeah, and... like when you're not uh, editing this podcast. What is this podcast, by the way? Oh, this is the Fuse 8 and Kate podcast. And what do we do here on this fine podcast? Uh, we talk about getting engaged. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, and we talk about picture books. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and if they are good. Or bad. Correct. Yes. And, uh, well, as you mentioned, you had a birthday. I did. And so there was a book that I wanted to do... Uh, for your birthday, but we didn't get a chance to do it because you were just not here. Right. So, uh, so I'm very, ex- I'm very excited. You're I was really, with the wolves and the deer. I was. You're gonna get a big, you're gonna get a big kick out of this one. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little excited about showing you this one. Okay, okay. you ready? You ready? You ready? No. 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 It's Baby Clown. No, Betsy. It's by, it's by Cara Larue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's by Matthew Cordell. You know what? Bye, Betsy. You know what? You know what? I'm pranking you. I'm totally pranking. This is not the book. This Good. is not the book. Ha ha. You can own it if you want to. No. It's the guy who did Wolf in the Snow. He did the art. I don't care. Okay. All right. There's a lot of clowns in this. Like, literally, like, every page. No. All right. So, this is the actual book. All right. You ready? All right. All right. A boo 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 bo
That, we're not doing that. We are doing this. No. It's going to change your mind. No. You're going to see the clown in a for, whole new okay, light. For, for listeners who are not aware, I don't like clowns. What are you talking about? I hate clowns. What? Uh, there's only one clown I appreciate, and it's because he's not your traditional clown. What is that? Who is that? Krusty? Angus Oblong. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't like Krusty the Clown? I mean, that's he's... Un, that's un-American. I mean, child. he's... The Simpsons. I don't know what he's been doing lately. Yeah. Um, if you're talking like seasons three through six, Krusty, sure. <laughs> okay, very specific here. Uh, this is a quote from Marla Frazee, who wrote this book. The thing that freaks me out about clowns is that they look a certain way and they maybe act a certain way, but that doesn't mean they necessarily feel a certain way. Underneath it all, there might be something else going on. And that's true about everybody at, at times in our lives. And I want it to be a revelation about the farmer as well. So yeah, deep down, they all want to kill us. That's what and she feels too. Yeah. Yet she wrote this book. So from one clown hater to another, I think you need to, it's a baby. What is like Halloween right around the corner. So you got to scare me now, huh? You, <laughs> you will not, there's nothing even vaguely scary. The, fa- the face. Look at the face. Well, that comes right off, so it's fine. Oh, thanks, Betsy. Now, <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry, I think I'm giving away the plot, but yes. All right, I'm gonna go cry in the corner. Okay, now. go cry and enjoy that beautiful book. While Kate does a read, let's do a little talk about the book's origins uh, that is being done today. So, uh, as it happens, Marla Frazee had an interview with Roger Sutton at Hornbook, and Roger Sutton at Hornbook is pretty much the reason we're doing this book today. Because when I was trying to think of a classic clown book, classic clown picture book, there aren't any. Except for maybe this one. And it's not old enough by any stretch of the imagination for us to call it a classic yet, but don't tell her that. And this interview was conducted between Roger and Marlon. And it's sort of why this book even came to exist. And she said, I went to this clown show performance at my kid's high school. The performers had worked on their clown personas for weeks at least, and then acted in skits. It was set to music, there was no speaking, and it was really compelling and evocative and sublime. I loved it. I couldn't get clowns out of my head afterwards, so I thought maybe I should do a book about a clown town. Everyone's a clown. They shop, they go to school, but somebody moves in who isn't, who's a serious person. What would happen? And then I reversed it out. Maybe it should be a serious town and funny neighbors who move in. There's something funny about the new neighbors. And it's a clown family. But then I was watching a Modern Family episode where Cam is a clown and all his clown friends cram themselves into a Mini Cooper after a funeral. And I thought, well, there goes that idea. Then I was playing with the idea of a little clown who was teaching a yoga class, but there was no story. And there wasn't a story for a very long time. And then I thought of two characters, a serious Amish-like farmer holding the hand of a very smiley baby clown. And they were walking together. It just hit me, that image. That's where it started. And I thought, there they are. Those are my characters. And then it was a question of, why are they together? (laughs) What is the story that brought them together? It came from the fact that they both had such different personas, really, from what they truly were. We think the clown has a big smile, and that means he's happy, and we, we think the farmer's a grump, but there's more to him than that. Honk, honk. Ugh. I hate you so... Who, me? So much. The one who gave you that incredibly sweet little book. The one who, at almost 10 o'clock at night, mm. you're giving me this book, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to have to go to bed right. and just... Dream of sweet 
Sweet. Sweet little clowns. To- Sweet. Sweet. Okay, first of all, the, the title page. Yeah. So you have this signed by... Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that I owned a copy of this until recently. So, yeah. And it's a signed copy. Yeah. And she made the O in the word clown <laughs> into a clown. I'm like, even the signature is creepy. <laughs> like, you can't okay. escape. It also bleeds through the back. It does. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So you have this... He looks kind of like an Amish. He farmer. does look kind of Amish. He's got kind of the Amish look going on. He's working the fields. Mm-hmm. Like and all of a sudden, this train goes by. And the first thought I had looking at this train was, it's the little engine that could. It looks a lot like the little engine that could. A book yeah. that Marla Frazee, to the best of my knowledge, has never re-illustrated. But well, certainly is a bit of an inspiration There was here. a clown. There was a clown in that. On, yes. Like in that yes, there little engine. And I think... That now that's an interesting the theory. Clown. So the, the, the clown from the little engine that could, they've gotten over the mountain and the good little boys and girls and they're just going away. And then that why is... was the clown thrust from this train is the real question. Um, because, well, we'll get to it. Oh, so, okay. okay. So, right. right. So this, he, so the farmer sees something falling out of the train. Mm-hmm. This is a wordless book, by the way. I yes. Should say. yes. He, he walks over. And he sees this little clown that spins its head like the exorcist, <laughs> doesn't move its bottom body, it just spins its head around, and uh, oh. this is the creepiest page right here, is the spinning head like the exorcist. That is, a, that is an amazing interpretation, in this barren landscape, I should say. Right, so the, yeah. so the clown stands up, and it mimes everything that happened with him. Mm-hmm. Getting kicked off the train. Yes. I well, think... You think he was kicked off the I train? I think he was kicked off really? the train. Really? That, that is a dire, a dire accusation <laughs> to be making against this little guy. But the Amish farmer, he doesn't realize that, you know, the spawn of Satan was kicked <laughs> off the train. So he decides to hold the clown's hand and bring him home. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. His home features the world's largest rooster. If you look at the rooster in proportion to the house, tell me that is not <laughs> a gigantic rooster. Maybe the rooster's closer to us. Dude. Okay, fine. The rooster could not possibly be closer to us. It's just a very large... Maybe that's not a real rooster. Maybe that's one of those big metal roosters that they put in I front of people's I do have homes. one of those down the street. Yeah, you do. I that... saw it. Yeah, so maybe it's one of those. Only he hates bright colors, so it's completely rooster colored. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no street, so no one's going to see it but him. But, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have to say, I do like that there's no words. Yeah. Uh, if there were words, it would have made this so much worse. <laughs> so instead, you have these pictures mm-hmm. of this child clown mm-hmm. and the Amish farmer um, looking at each other. Then they have some dinner. Then they decide to wash up. And the clown makeup comes off of this child. And so now he's just barefaced, but he's still in his clown costume and he's not happy. He's not smiling. Well, don't let this baby face what? fool you. He's got a he's a baby. That's <laughs> a little guy. Yeah, so he's sleeping in the old man's bed. And he's sad. And he wakes up and the old man is there and somehow the clown has created another clown. <laughs> so the old man morphs oh, into a clown to make the other there is, there is an alternate interpretation to this that the clown, once he washed the smile off, is clearly very sad, so the old man's trying to make him 
happy by clowning yeah, he's around. smiling without his makeup on. Eventually, after the guy is, like, done, like, a Buster Keaton-worthy show for about ten minutes here. I just hate the fact that the clown spawned another clown. <laughs> like, it's, clown it's, too. it's like a disease. The second clowning. So they decide to do, like, Children chores the around clown. the farm. They're milking a cow. They're... You know, getting eggs from the chickens. And then you get to this picture where the farmer has a pitchfork and so does the clown. And they're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I guess that's hay or something. Yeah. The next picture, it looks like, <laughs> and I really, really hope that the farmer oh. killed the clown oh with boy. the pitchfork oh because boy. it looks like the child has died <laughs> due to impalement. Okay, so that is exactly what it looks like. It is not. The child is was tired from the hard work he's no, been doing I was on so the farm. Happy. I was like, oh, that's the end. That's the <laughs> end. Oh, and then you flip the page and he's alive. Yeah, he's very alive. Great. So the clown and the Amish farmer decide to have a picnic underneath the tree. Sure. When they see the train come back. Right. And you bet that that old man wants to get rid of that kid. So he is dragging that kid. What are you talking The kid is dragging him. The kid no is in way. front. That kid is in front. No, he's not. That's in front. No. Uh-uh. Front. Old in. man is dragging the little kid. Disagree. To totally. the train. To- Friends, we'll put this picture up on the Instagram. You tell us who's dragging who. Yeah. And they get to the train tracks. And the little clown is freaking out because he's, he's trying so to get excited. the train's attention. <sighs> and then the worst. Oh, my gosh. This is awful. It's a... Oh, oh God. It's you a have of, a whole two-page spread of... The word is troop. Clowns. Troop. Troop of clowns. So, uh, tr- so I wrote in my notes... Ah! <laughs> That's what I wrote. Because... The, the clown in me. You have so many clowns. That's a lot of clowns. And they're very happy to have their little clown back. Well, they came back for him after all. Well, it took them at least a day. Well, maybe they didn't notice. He's very small. <laughs> he is the smallest clown. Possibly and, the only child. And he... And the clown, you know, reunites with his family, but he decides to go back to the farmer for one last hug. Mm-hmm. And the farmer takes off the clown's hat and kisses him on the forehead mm-hmm. and then waves goodbye to the little farmer or to the little oh, clown. Oh, the little, little clown has his Who has hat. the farmer hat yes. on. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, you have, and I counted on all the clown pages, you have nine adults mm-hmm. and two kids mm-hmm. that are all in the same train car. Well, it's a clown car. Wouldn't that be super It's a clown proud? train car. No, it's not a cl- It's a clown car. No, it's, it's not a train a, car. It's, it's a not clown a car. car like an automobile. It's a train carriage. Well, they're very used to traveling very close spaces together. Which is behind uh, that it has an elephant and a tiger yeah. in the same cage. No, there's a space. I can see the space between. They're even different there's no colored. Space. There's different colored. Yes, there's a space. No, look, look, right here, right here, right. The whole reason you can see the front of the lion's head is that's between the two cars. And its or butt the, is right in front of the elephant's face. Well, that just seems like a bad planning on on their part. I mean, and I so wouldn't put a tiger with an elephant. Animal in the same. cruelty, great. Well, okay. that's, that's so just that's, services in general, dude. That's great <laughs> to see in a kid's book. He's a kid. And then the farmer walks away with the clown hat on his head and a monkey trailing behind. And I'm gonna call him Gnome Clown now because he looks <laughs> like a gnome. He does look like a gnome. And it is a very gnomish clown. The hat. awful book called <laughs> The Farmer and the Clown. Well, let's talk more about this book that you are so fond of. Um, there is a sequel, The Farmer and the Monkey, coming out in September of 22nd of this year. Uh, it probably actually, here's the thing you have a thing against clowns. 
there is a huge movement against monkeys right now in picture books. And I cannot imagine that this book is well-timed, but who knows? We'll see how it do. I mean, the monkey is at the end of this book, so we'll see. There was a interview between Roger Sutton of Hornbook and Marla Frazee about this book. And they talk about when the makeup comes off and that how, you know, the minute that that sort of old man sees the kid, he's a kid and not just some what he, he small didn't realize that beforehand. i don't know maybe he thought he was just short <laughs> i don't know but you know he sees his face and you know and then roger said something very smart about wordless picture books and i i really like this he's he, ta- he was talking about the different kinds and he said sometimes they feel too much like a puzzle on purpose the challenge is to figure out what's going on Whereas this, to me, is more immediate. You don't have to work at deciphering the action, which allows you to just become invested in the characters and their situation. There's no plot puzzle to solve here. And then finally, he says, it's kind of amazing when you think about what we can get away with in picture books. If you just described this situation, a child gets tossed off a train in the middle Thrown of the- off the train, yep. In the middle of the desert, and there's this old- Desert? And there's this, okay- where I don't know why he said desert, the but like a field, yeah, field. And there's this old man, and he comes and takes the child to his house. <laughs> That's creepy in a different way, my friend. I don't know. I saw that exorcist head, and I was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, we got six very this is very rare that it got six starred reviews, which is almost hard for any any picture book to attain. And uh, yeah, it's ratings time. You go first. You know, I was not as huge a fan of it when it came out. Um, It comes out, Roger, it won like the Boston Globe Horn Book Award or something. And I I like it fine. Um, As wordless books go, yeah, it's a perfectly fine book. I'm not overly in love with the book. Um, So I'm giving it a four. Wow. Yeah, I'm actually not a huge, huge fan of it. I, I like it. I think her art is amazing, but I like other Marla Frazee books much more. Yeah, I the first thing I said is I do like the art. Yeah, her art um, is great. I'll do you a good Marla Frazee book that you'll like and, at some point. And I like that it's wordless. Mm-hmm. And I also like that the author's dog is named Toaster. That is really awesome. It's actually. a great name. That is a great name. However, I don't like the giant rooster. I don't like the clown conversion. And I don't like the animals in captivity. So That's a circus. <laughs> it's not a classic for me. And I said I gave it a four and no higher. Wow. Because, that's weird. Okay. All right. Well, I don't want to, you know, hate on it just because it has cause clowns. Of, that's very open-minded of you. But yeah, it was funny. We came from such different angles, but we and hit the same So score. together we agree it is not a classic. No, it's not a classic. Anything it's below a, nice below a five is not a classic. Yeah, so. it's true. It is not a classic, but it is a nice book. So folks, I do recommend you check it out. But Or not. Or not. <laughs> or you can listen to my sister who has issues. <laughs> All right. Letters time. Didn't get much, but we did get this one from Mom. And uh, she was writing about Imogene's antlers, which we did a couple weeks ago here. Mm-hmm. She says, fun fact, Imogene's house is real. It's called the Oaklands and used to be the official house of the president of Western Michigan University. Hmm. For a while, it was used for genteel receptions, but now it's for event, and now it's for events. But back in the day, it needed a caretaker. And David and Sarah lived there for a while doing that. I'm having a ridiculously hard time finding a picture of the hall chandelier. If you can find shots of that narrow curving stairway, uh, I can't. Ju- I just can't find one with a link shorter than half a page. She also said that the uh, composer we could not quite pronounce the name of correctly is pronounced Cherny. 
That's C-Z-E-R-N-Y. Cherney. Sure. Sure. And she did try to identify all the birds uh, in that one shot. She said cardinal, rose-breasted, grosbeak, bluebird, and maybe a wren? Okay. Sure. <laughs> Due to the fact we only had a couple people take us up on that challenge, I'm going to give her the prize for the most named. Okay. So there we go. Hooray! <laughs> and that's about it. Grown-up things we like. So we had this HBO subscription trial for like a week. HBO and then, Go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, HBO Max. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. And then that kind of carried over to a month trial. Mm-hmm. So during that month, I wanted to check out Seth Rogen's movie, An American Pickle, where it's it's a... I've seen the ads. Yeah, it's it's... Okay, so the premise is this man is preserved in pickle brine for 100 years, um, and he's an Orthodox Jew, Jew, and he wakes up in this factory that's in New York City, and he gets out of the brine, and he tracks down his great-grandson. Um, both the Orthodox Jew and the great-grandson are both played by Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen does a very good job as the Orthodox Jew. Really? I don't like him as much as the great-grandson. Is he just playing Seth Rogen? Because that's usually the part mm. he prefers to play in movies, is Seth Rogen playing Seth Rogen. No, it's it's not so much that. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a very unique story. Um, and without saying Trump's name, he's very influential to the plot. Interesting. Yeah. So if you, it's it's had mixed reviews, but I enjoyed it. So if you have HBO Max or if you want to do a free trial, which is what we did um, for a week, then go ahead and check it out. Very nice. American Pickle. American Pickle. I wondered why it was called that. I tend to, you know how the ads will like show up if you're going like through like Twitter or Instagram or something and you don't want to bother to turn the volume up. So you just try <laughs> to figure out what the plot is just by watching the thing. I had it wrong. Oh, I didn't know why it was called American Pickle, but it wasn't because of that. I can tell you. As I said, it's a unique plot. It is a very unique plot. That's great. Uh, I have three little ones this week. Um, None of them very big. The first grown-up thing I like is parents that can figure out online learning, because I'm doing that with my kids right now. So a hat tip to everybody who's able to figure that out. Yeah. Well, happy first day of school. Thank you. Thank you. It was. It went fine. It went fine. Second thing I like is that Natalie Portman took one of my book recommendations seriously when I uh, interviewed her for ALA, the American Library Association. At the end, after we finished recording, she asked for some book recommendations. I suggested a book by Daniel Lavery, something that may shock and discredit you. And I really talked it up. Well, apparently, she interviewed him very recently about that book, which she said a librarian had recommended. He, for his part, found out from her publicist who the librarian was, and he sent me a lovely little note thanking me for the recommendation. So that just made me feel all kinds of happy. So that was my second thing. And the third was that I discovered I'm looking for new masks because my masks are kind of boring and tend to be all black. And I found a new mask, uh, and it's the pattern of the carpet in The Shining. And a very attractive pattern it is. What, Red? It's sort of reddish orange, and it's got, like, the hexagons on it. It's very nice. I, I highly recommend it. Huh. Yeah. I do want to get some, like, Halloween masks. I would recommend It's orange. It's actually more orangey. Orangey red. So it would be perfect for Halloween. And one person might get the reference. Interesting. Yeah. Be a very small percentage of people. Wow. This was a... I would say this was a very dated 
uh, grown up things for you. I mean, with the pandemic and the masks and the online learning. I mean, if someone were to listen to this episode, like maybe a year or two from now, I'm hoping they wouldn't even know who Natalie Portman was. <laughs> You're right. It's all in the Yep, well, that's me. I just like to date things. Well, I'm hoping that all this will just be... Just preserve me in pickle juice. Done. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's Might just, as well let's just, just brine stuff for a me bit, in a jar. And then uh, have a wedding and then brine again and then have exactly. a reception. Exactly. <laughs> all right. And until that happens, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and Kate's fiancé is gnome clown Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>